This is Living on Earth. I'm Steve Kerwood, here to ask for your help. We're facing a $110,000 gap as we end our fiscal year, and if you pitch in, I know we can close it. Details are on our website, LOE.org, or call us at 617-629-3638. Thank you. The conference to mark the 20th anniversary of the Rio Earth Summit is just days away, and the journal Nature is publishing a series of articles to encourage progress. One examines the massive die-off of species. Another concludes that human activities are pushing planetary systems towards a tipping point with irreversible changes that could derail civilization. The Solution claims a third article, co-authored by Paul Ehrlich, is to rescale civilization to protect the natural environment and to narrow the gap between rich and poor. Paul Ehrlich is a professor of biology at Stanford University and author of the classic book, The Population Bomb. People are slowly beginning to understand what is a very fundamental issue, namely that we cannot continue growing, that basically we've got to rescale society to a lower level or we're not going to make it. And that's why it's very depressing when you hear the president get up and say uh, that what we need to do is grow at three and a half percent a year more. And of course, all you have to do is know a little bit about compound interest or exponential growth to know it's totally impossible. So, Professor Ehrlich, you say we need to rescale civilization. What do you mean by that? Well, what I mean is that we have got to do basically two really important and extremely difficult things. One is dramatically cut back wasteful consumption on the part of the rich and transfer some of that consumption to the poor who are not able to consume enough. The other thing we need to do is already underway, and that is reduce the human birth rate to the point where it's slightly below the human death rate and hold it there for a long time so that we can gradually reduce the size of the human population to one that's sustainable in the long run. And the win-win way to at least get started and maybe accomplish it all is to give women equal rights to men everywhere, equal opportunities, equal pay, and so on. And that probably alone could do the job. We do know that the more rights women have, the better off we all are. So now let's talk uh, in more detail about population. The key is equity for women. Give me some examples, please. Wherever women have gotten closer to equal rights and job opportunities and access, which is very important, to modern contraception and where necessary, and we hope it's not often necessary, backup abortion, uh, birth rates have come down, and they've come down dramatically, uh, for example, in the Catholic countries of Europe. And that, of course, is a wonderful thing because what you want above all when considering that we're concerned with both consumption and population size is when you can shrink the size of the very rich populations that are super consumers, you're getting a twofer. Now, you talk about women in this article, not just in terms of fertility and population, but you point out that there's a relationship between gender, gender equity, and forest protection. Can you say more about that? That's mostly a correlation. I can hypothesize on why it happens. I think women are very much more concerned with health, uh, with the health of their children, with the future of their children, where their resources come from, particularly uh, in poor countries where often the resources are drawn rather directly from the biological resources from our natural capital. And therefore, uh, where women have a say, they do more than the men often do, which is argue over how to divide up the land as the population grows. So we're still going to end up having more people living on this planet uh, in the foreseeable future. So uh, what you do to take care of the natural capital, that is nature that takes care of us, is important. And in your article, you say that to do that, uh, we might want to follow the example in China. What's that example? 
Well, China, for example, has a large portion of its country uh, now put aside with the government paying attention to the ecosystem services that are supplied by their natural capital. They're using new software actually developed at Stanford by Gretchen Daly's group to actually evaluate the trade-offs in all sorts of places between things like preserving biodiversity uh, and yet keeping the farming productive. By the way, Gretchen Daly is one of your co-authors on this paper. Yes, she certainly is. She's the brains. I'm the voice. Your formula is, okay, we need to to, uh, take away what rich nations consume and such. That means you're saying to your typical American, guess what? You're going to have less. No, no, that's wrong. What you're saying to the typical American is you're going to have different. That is, we're going to rebuild the country over the next 70 years in the reverse of what we did in the last 70 years. And instead of designing it around automobiles, we're going to design it around people. So automobiles will be reserved for basically for one really important function, and that is for teenagers to make love in. But you don't have to have engines, gasoline, (laughs) tanks. So, uh, you know, the whole you get rid of the whole commuting thing and everybody has a more relaxed life. Everybody has more time to drink wine, make love, enjoy the flowers and so on. The idea that what human beings basically are is consumption tools and that what we need to do is always get more stuff. Some stuff is really important. But, you know, what's an important item for everybody? It's the refrigerator. We all like cold beer, right? Uh, But you can build a refrigerator that'll last for 100 years. It doesn't have to have all kinds of fancy bells and whistles and a new version uh, every two years. There's all kinds of things we can do that would make our lives fundamentally better. While we have gotten more crap, we have gotten less time. We just haven't given enough thought to what people are for and how we could design a nation uh, and a world in which people would have much, much better lives and still not have all uh, the huge inequity issues that I'm afraid are going backwards in many places in the world today. Paul Ehrlich is the Bing Professor of Biology at Stanford University and co-author of the article Securing Natural Capital and Expanding Equity to Rescale Civilization, that's a mouthful, in the journal Nature. Thank you so much, Professor. It's been my great pleasure. Just ahead, how changing ocean chemistry is changing lives in the Pacific Northwest. Keep listening to Living on Earth. 